Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Attacking Third CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today by my special guest, Jordan Angeli, NWSL analyst. And her last show for now. Thank you for filling in. Appreciate you, Jordan. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for thanks for letting me fill. This has been fun, Sandra. I, uh, we, were, we, were, we were just chatting. We were like, you know what? We can't believe that uh, it's coming up to an end here but you know what I, I have a feeling that we've got some plans and and some cool stuff down the pipeline and in the future and we'll we need to have you back because i've loved doing these with you i love them even more when like lisa's involved and we're all hanging out and doing this kind of stuff together so uh i am absolutely amped to chat a weekend preview with you this morning i'm always amped to join everyone live thanks everyone for coming through good morning if you're joining us uh if you're not if you're listening to this as a podcast quick reminder before we jump into all things previewing subscribe to us on YouTube, you can get alerts for whenever we go live, okay? And you can join along in the chat and in the dialogue and uh, let us know your picks as well because, you know, we make those predictions in our previews. So follow, like, and download that so you never miss out on a single episode. We also have some breaking news to touch on uh, in this preview episode as well. And we were chatting a little bit about it, content planning, and we felt the best way to do this is just talk about it right at the top and then lean right into the preview of a particular match because there are some um, factors that might come in uh, and play a little bit of a role when it comes to making our picks. We have to discuss the recent news of Angel City parting ways with their now former head coach, Freya Coom. It dropped late Wednesday evening. The Athletic reporting that sources had briefed them that the decision had been made. There will be a mutual parting of ways. And then Thursday afternoon, it was made official. So, Jordan, we're talking about the breaking news. We're talking about how it's out there. I feel like in... in last few episodes that you have hung out here on a three with us we've talked about angel city and we've had to preview some games we've had to recap some performances and they were performances that just kind of left us with more questions than anything else you know and it was we've talked a lot about the timeline of things how there's you know certain stretches and certain phases Mm -hmm. of a season that you know teams 
maybe taking chunks, right? It's like, hey, how are we going to map out our first six weeks? What does it mean now that we're in the, the halfway point, et cetera, et cetera? And these results that we were, well, lack of results that we were, you know, seeing for, for Angel City, um, we just, again, didn't have the answers to those questions. And so I brought up a few times on here, like, well, does it, when you're in professional sports and you're not getting the results, what typically happens, unfortunately, um, is like what's considered a natural sports business decision. And you're just like, hey, it's just not working out. We've got to we've got to move on here. And we just even kind of struggled with that because we were just kind of like, well, is that like the next move here for Angel City? What is it? What does it mean for them at this point in the halfway season? So so when we see something like this finally drop, it's official. Right. What's like your initial reaction to this kind of news? I my initial reaction, I, I was right after I had finished calling a game on Wednesday night and I was like, what is going on? You know, like yeah. I, I think it it shocked me because it did feel like the build at Angel City was so much to do with. I mean, Freya, they got Freya really early in the process yeah. and um, got her from Gotham, was excited about what she could help build with this squad. And um so I, I don't know. I felt like, and I think I told you this specifically, I felt like there was a real um, buy-in from Angel City to keep Freya and let her ride out this wave. But it then, then it didn't really surprise me. We, we had talked in depth about how Angel City looked disjointed, that they didn't have sometimes a plan that was evident in how they were going to attack other teams and get results five games in a row where they were winless that one of those was a draw the rest losses and i think that was really the tipping point especially at home that game against chicago it wasn't even about how angel city played on the field it was there was no it felt like the team didn't have that x factor to say this is our home field and we have to be better here i think some of that comes from the players of course and i will always I will always take responsibility as a former player that I think they would take responsibility for themselves. But I think you have to make moves, especially the ambition of this Angel City team and organization. They have done some pretty um, aggressive things in the past. And so I, I wouldn't imagine if we didn't see her fired now, I, I think one more result, depending on it, what it was, probably would have seen her not make it through. But um, I just want to say Freya was amazing to work with and was so helpful on coaches calls. And um, as a broadcaster, just so appreciative of her ability to give us a little bit of insight into what she was thinking. So, um, you know, it's, it's also a person and I feel like that's yeah. hard too because her life just significantly changed and yeah. we'll see how that affects the squad. That, 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 type of perspective is always so tough and difficult to, to deal with. I, listen, Freya Coom, I think, was one of our first um, kind of head coach interviews on Attacking Third. You know, yeah. I delight to chat about uh, all things Angel City. Um, she introduced the concept of the dish to us. It's a throwback to one of our earlier um, 
kind of holiday episodes as well. She talked about how her family gets together and presents a dish. It's like this massive dessert dish. Um, so yeah, like you always are like reminded of like the the human aspect of it, the and all of that behind it. Um, but I think that's the other component I think that comes out of this, right? You you see the official announcement drop from the club, but then you also see a statement from from Freya Coom as well. Like there's a a mutual expression of yeah. like, hey, good luck. You had to make a decision. We have to move on from here. You know, she put on her own personal social media and she starts by thanking Angel City. She, of course, thanks the fans and she's, of course, wishes them luck um, in, in the final phase of that statement. Um, she says to the players and staff, it's been a pleasure to work with you. And I wish you all the health, happiness and success for this season and everything beyond. And I really appreciate that at the top of that statement, she mentions like a little bit of like, you know, kind of the the big event of it all with her arrival to Angel City, you know, how she said that she's really happy uh, that she got to start off with them and that they show the yeah. world what happens when people properly invest in women's sports. You know, so those are important things to to note. And it doesn't seem as if it's um, like a bitter end. It, like I said, it just sort of feels like one of those kind of natural sports decision type of things that we see happen across the world of of pro athletics it's uh you have a team with big ambitions right as as freya coom has stated in her um in her farewell and then you have uh, a team that's struggling to not get results and it's kind of one of these scenes where it's like you know what's the definition of insanity right like com- continuing on in those same patterns and if if it's not just about getting results but also just getting losses uh it was just one of those things where it just sort of felt like eventually something was going to come um it was bending and eventually things were going to break so in terms of everything being done dusted and official now the look ahead, right? What what does this mean for Angel City moving forward? They've got a game coming up this weekend against San Diego Wave. It's a big one. It's going to be on CBS. It's a rivalry match. You can catch all the action kicking off at 4 p.m. Eastern. And for now, in the interim, it's going to be Becky Tweed who's going to lead this team throughout the remainder or duration of this, this regular season, who knows, maybe a shorter term. It depends on how quickly I think angel city wants to go ahead and fill that, that position. But Jordan, I just sort of feel like they're not going to have a lot of trouble filling it. This is going to be a very, very lucrative role. I think they're going to get, they're going to have people reaching out to them instead of the, they probably already do Sandra. It's going to be a role that everybody wants. And I think that one of the things I, noticed right away and I was talking to um Jackie Oatley another broadcaster about is that it coincides with the ending of a lot of seasons in Europe and so we saw last year Juan Carlos Amros come in in Houston mid middle of the season and really make his mark coming from Europe and can they find a, a coach not exactly like him but that kind of draw where you say hey come coach in nwsl show off a little bit of um your tactics your your building of a a squad and we've seen what juan carlos amaros has done with those two things in gotham this year so i I would imagine this is going to be a pretty extensive look at a lot of different coaches but everybody's going to want to be a part of angel city where they play, living in LA, the organization that this is, you know, there's a reason why it's valued so high when it comes to just the worth of the club. It is a great place to be. And I think that's also why they expect you to win. 
they expect you to win. So um, I, I think it's not just, I'll say one more thing. It's not just the, the coach that is going to help them. I think Angel City in general needs to evaluate how they build a, a roster because I think there are some aspects where they need to get a little deeper. I constantly talk about their midfield and I think that, that their midfield can um, be enhanced so does that also allow them to look a little bit more into that? Because it's not just Freya who wins and loses games. It's also the yeah. team on the field. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I agree with you. I think you, you think back a little bit to her, you know, arrival to, to the club and, um, you know, the, the resources and, again, all, all of the investment uh, that's put into that. It's, it's a team that had to go through a draft for the first time, an expansion draft as well, have to – maybe make moves with teams who are looking to, to avoid the expansion draft, try to make some, some deals there. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you start a project and then it's like, you're unable to kind of see through it's, it's, yeah. it's finish. Um, but you know, I think even, even with all the injuries and, and everything like that, I think you can almost kind of echo a similar sentiment across all 12 teams at this, at this rate in, in the NWSL. I don't think there's any single team out there, that isn't struggling with um, some injuries of, of their own and right. the competitiveness and the level of, of competitiveness in, in the league and, and having to, to get out there and, and get those um, results. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see um, Tweed's effect, you know, on, on this. Sometimes that's also what happens. Sometimes a, a thing happens and a team kind of, it snaps a team or jars up a team a little bit. And then you see, we saw with, um, Kansas City very briefly after the dismissal of, of Matt Potter. Maybe this is something that we're going to see with Angel City as well. I don't know how long you ride that kind of, of energy, but with this match, it's a huge rivalry match. So there's already... Yeah. You don't. Have, you already had motivation there. You didn't. It's <laughs> almost like they didn't need anything extra, but now they have it. Now this is here. Now they're going in without... Coombe, they're going in with an interim coach. Tweed, how is the team preparing for this for this moment? And I think if you're one of those bottom uh, bottom half or you know lower half table teams, this is it. Like your season is for real starting now. Like there's no looking back. You have to come out in every single game with the urgency at the first whistle. So I am very curious about. Uh, what we're going to see in a matchup like this. It's a SoCal rivalry. So the travel isn't too hefty for them. Um, they are going to be at an away stadium. Snapdragon is, is a place that uh, has be, has become a little difficult, maybe for some opposition because of the great sights and sounds that you see out of those, out of those uh, rivalry games. Mm-hmm. And um it's it's ripe for a spoiler, but I don't know if it's with the form of San Diego, if we're gonna see that 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 spoiler effect happen in in this match. So I'm I'm curious about it. I'm also very curious about who's gonna be available. Jordan, yeah. we saw Alex Morgan, um, you know, not dress against racing in their previous match. We're looking at increased minutes for Sydney Larue. How many can she give? in this game. So I think there's still some unknown variables there yeah. for, for both sides of the pitch here. Uh, so I'm, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, if I'm swayed one, one way or, or the other, but I think I'm going to go with the wave in this one. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I think one of the things that Angel City has has done well is, um, you know, the, the leadership of Sarah Gordon, Gordon has been really good all season long. Yeah. Essentially, she's um, been an Iron Woman coming back from ACL playing every single minute is incredible to me because uh, that is not an easy feat. And so I think she will make it hard for the wave and the way that she can organize the back line. But a lot of the notes that I have written down about this game are about San Diego. I think San Diego is going to feel a little bit, um, well, they're going to feel confident at home. Snapdragon is going to be wild. I think for, especially for this rivalry, there's going to be, I would imagine a good 30,000 people there. I, I feel like San Diego, we know what they're going to do defensively. They're so difficult to break down. And this is where I, I think it's going to be difficult for Angel City because if San Diego sits in this really condensed block and clog it up and they don't give you space in behind, which is where Thompson typically thrives, how, how does she affect the game or how does Sydney LaRue affect the game? So I think that's going to be a big question. Excuse me. But for the Wave at home, they're going to be able – to be a little bit more expansive against Angel City. Angel City has shown that they want to press, but they haven't been super cohesive in their press. Yeah. So I think whether it's Colaprico and Enge, we still haven't seen a lot of Emily Van Eggman, which I am bummed about with the World Cup just on the horizon. I hope she's all right and be able to play in that. Um, is it Van Eggman? But Casey Stoney has really added a level to this team by bringing in some of these players who are so good through the middle of the park that they want to play. And I think that this Angel City squad struggles in the middle of the park. So can those those players essentially for the wave be more be effective? And then it doesn't really matter who that, and you know, of course it's going to be better if they have Alex Morgan, but um I think we're going to see Jaden Shaw on the ball a lot. I think Jakobsen is gonna she and Jaden Shaw seem to be finding a really good connection with one another. So uh, the the way that Angel City gets in this game, I, I feel like is going to be from a set piece. If you have Ertz, if you have Gordon, if you have Reed or um, Nielsen, they're very good at attacking first and second balls in the box. So I, I got to go with Wave. I think the Wave are going to win this one, but Angel City are, are going to have their hands full, but they could have that little bit, bit of a bump. And I think, I think they'll be competitive. You know, yeah. I, I think I think because of that, like in the back of our brains, we're like almost a little bit reluctant to like go with like an actual winner or loser in this one. Yeah. But I think San Diego will have that edge. And I think that's how we both feel. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love that we both feel like it's going to be a low scoring game because we have to we have to tune in and credit that that defensive shape of the wave right now. They absolutely are clicking. Um, but that's why I think we both think it's going to be low scoring because it's not going to it's not going to be easy. We're going to have two teams motivated by different things. And that always boils up for for a good for a good rivalry there. So we're, we're both going the wave. I, I always get a little nervous when we lead off the show with, with a similar pick, but uh, had to, I think we had to absolutely break down um, the, the recent news of, of Coombs departure. Mm-hmm. And we had to lean right into this game, kicking everything off this weekend on CBS. We've got more picks to make. Okay. But we're going to take a quick break. Stick with us. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, 
and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk and make some more picks. We're promoting all women's sports on PBS this weekend. It's going to be massive. Of course, we're shining the light on NWSL, but there's WNBA this weekend. There's uh, LPGA this weekend as well. We're excited to, to, to talk all about it. And we just caught the preview of San Diego and Angel City. If you're just joining us after the break, welcome in. We're going to talk about another game that's going to be on CBS, Racing Louisville versus Gotham FC. That one kicking off on Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Let's make some picks. Jordan, <laughs> Racing has been a team. I think that has surprised some folks. Mm-hmm. Maybe not you, because I feel like you've been riding. I have. We're, we're racing so far. So, I, listen, they're going up against Gotham. This is a team that has mostly stayed in the upper half of the table to date for the first half of the season. Racing has just been on the outside looking in. Is this the game where maybe they're the underdogs and they – give the upset and who do you pick in this one and why yeah i'm like got there i'm like a racing's little jockey you know just <laughs> ready to to cheer them on at all times i oh, they are going to be the underdog in this one because of gotham's form there i think gotham is just has shown that they have been good from the beginning of the season until now. I don't think they played their best game last weekend against Houston. And they're going to know that too. They were sloppy with the ball. They didn't really um, progress through the lines as we normally see them do. So with Gotham coming off a game like that, where they're going to want to right the wrong, um, that's a scary place for Louisville to be in. But I think, Ooh, this is this was probably the hardest one I had had to choose from because I I, I really like the way that racing is playing and um, before I make my choice I'm just gonna say a couple of reasons why I like what they're what they're doing yeah they, midweek they played in a four two three one and Savannah Demello played as a right winger and came inside with uh, Kayla Fisher playing as a ten. And man, oh man, I think Kayla Fisher just played herself into the starting lineup. And I I don't think it'll be as a 10. It potentially could be. But Wong Shuang's been playing so good at the right in regular season that I think it'll be DeMello at the 10 and Fisher at the 9. And what I like about this is Fisher, DeMello, and Wong Shuang, all three of them can play in all three of those positions. So I think... If, if I was Kim Bjorkegren, I would go with those three starting. And they have a little bit more rest from that Wednesday game to a Sunday game. Yep. Um, but Kayla Fisher was everywhere, and she really put her mark on the game and I think is going to ask questions of the coaching staff. The other reason I like Louisville in this game is when I watch them play, their back line is so drastically different than it was last year. And one of the reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons it's different is – the way that they recognize pressure and play through it. There are so many times where Abby Ursig or 
Lauren Malay, whoever it may be, has someone running straight at them and they'll either like fake a long cross and chop it back and then just play through to Jalen Howell or Ari Borges. They can, they can meet that pressure with a sense of calm, which a lot of people don't do against Gotham. And I, I do think it's a different level when you're playing against Lynn Williams screaming at you at high pace versus other forwards in this league. But I like how cool and calm they are playing out of the back because they're going to face a high pressure from, from Gotham. So they have to be really solid in those moments. Um, so I think it's going to be key for Gotham to match that with high pressure, but also that second wave of pressure has to be on. And that's their midfield who I think didn't play up to par in that last game. And ooh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with racing in this one, um, but it is going to be, both teams are going to score. We might see multiple goals in this one, but I think that this is going to be a really good, this is my like matchup yeah. of the weekend, just because these, the way these two teams play, they want the ball, they want to play through the lines. And then as they're progressing the ball, they're very unpredictable in what they do, especially now with DeMello playing in different positions. It's not so much just like find the left pocket and DeMello is going to be there. So yeah. you have to deny that space if you're the opponent it's so many more things now. So this is, this is going to be a good one. I hope like people in Louisville show up, show out on CBS Sunday afternoon. Like this could be, this could be the match to watch. Look, I'm with you. And I think you got to go sometimes with what's in front of you. And while Gotham had an incredible month of May, they literally put their stamp on it and owned it. They had multiple players on the team of the month, et cetera, et cetera. Lynn Williams, you know, doing what she's been doing on a consistent basis uh-huh. for this team. But they, they've they hit a little bit of a hiccup here in June. They've struggled to get some results. And we both went racing in our Challenge Cup pick, and they did not disappoint. I mean, talk about a massive performance against Houston Dash. A three-goal shutout for Challenge Cup. They're walking out of this central region into the semifinals, as far as I'm convinced. Who they're going to face within that is still to be determined. But it's a little bit different going from a Wednesday game to a Sunday game. It is a little bit different. It's it's different yeah. from, from Wednesday to Saturday or, or Wednesday to, to Friday. Thank God that's not the, the case here. But uh, these these are games that can you have the momentum and you carry that into your next match. And for racing, they get to do that again at home. And now this yeah. time going up against Gotham, I think they might be motivated by that. Um, all these different scenarios in terms of kind of just hovering and hovering and hovering around the halfway line in terms of the standings and maybe kind of having that statement game, which is, I think, a thing that I want from racing and not that we haven't had some games where they have made some statements, but I'm looking for racing to not only get a win, but I want them to get a win against an upper half table team. And I think this could be the game where it happens. I don't know if it'll, I don't know if it'll be easy for them. Um, There's a lot of pieces there that they're going to have to account for against, uh, against Gotham. Uh, I feel like Yasmin Ryan, if she's available and ready to go, is going to cause some problems yeah. for them if they focus so much energy on containing, um, you know, Lynn, Lynn Williams. 
Um, so this could be a player uh, that could be an outlet for them or even a Taylor Smith or even a Bruinian on the flanks. We'll see. I think that those those wide battles are going to be interesting to take a note. You know, we're talking about defensive shapes. Carson Pickett doing really well on that back line as well mm-hmm. to go ahead and recover and cover a lot of ground. Um, you know, is that going to be an area where things are canceled out, where we see, you know, two players in a Bruinian and Bruinian and, and Carson Pickett, you know, trying to, to kind of take each other out. So I'm, I'm very curious about some of the, the one V one and individual yeah. battles in this one, but can't help, but some, I'm just going with a gut here. I, I, yeah. I think it's going to be racing. So I'm also going racing yeah. as well. And I feel, I feel confident about that because you know what, we both went racing and they didn't prove us wrong. And I feel like right. them again, so we're both going yeah. racing in this one. That one V one, the one V one matchup I'm looking at is if DeMello does play on the right side against yeah. Nightwanger, who's not, you know, she's still learning how to be an outside back. There's been some moments um, where that's been pretty evident and nice Swanger, I think is a good choice at left back, but who's that center back next to her willing and ready to be that second defender and that help defender. I think that's going to be the key for Gotham. If nice Swanger does start into mellows on the right side, cause that girl will go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, we're both going. We're both going racing in this one. Hopefully, they prove us correct. One more pick before uh, we take a break. We got to talk a little bit about North Carolina Courage versus Orlando Pride. Uh, Courage coming off of a win of their own. Uh, also shaking things up in the Challenge Cup midweek action. Uh, look, carried that momentum from that five goal shutout of Chicago right into Challenge Cup. And uh, they have just been unbeaten across all competitions since April. We got to talk about it and we got to speak loudly about it. That is an impressive, impressive run for a team that entered this year with storylines and narratives around it that they were going to rebuild, that they had to build towards, you know, this new culture, this new, uh, a new way of doing things and, and getting results. And they're here looking way ahead of the curve, way yeah. ahead of the curve here. And uh, a team that we talk about, Jordan, that makes it difficult to, to pick against when you're putting things together that well. So when it comes to, to North Carolina versus Orlando, this one's kicking off Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Do you have a winner in this one or you feel the makings of a draw? Tell me what you think. It's an interesting game because it's the sixth place team versus the eighth place team. But what, why those teams are so low, I think, right now or middle of the table is because they had a difficult start to the season. But both teams are very adamant about the growing pains happening early, trusting the process, saying, I don't care if we give up some goals early. We're going to make the mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And both of these teams just basically gave other teams goals at the beginning of the year. And now we're seeing the really the fruit of that labor of saying, all right, we're just going to stick to the plan, stick to the plan. I I am not going to count. I'm not going to go against North Carolina because what they have built has been so great. Remember, they did have that loss a couple weeks ago. They did lose um, to a narrow loss. Yes, it was a very it was one to nothing. It was a they dominated the game as they always do with possession. But it it was a loss for them. And they came back and scored five. So this is a team who is not shy to put up a lot of goals. And they start, finally started to find their goal scoring because that is 
when you're a real possession oriented team and the possession isn't going well, the goals are going to be the co- be the last thing that comes. And now we've seen them play well. They're so decisive um, as they move through the thirds of the field. They're difficult when it comes to their counter pressure because then they get so many numbers forward so they can immediately press an opponent and win the ball back high on the field. I really like what Sean Nahas is building there and what the players have built. They have bought in and yeah. – I think that this is going to be, this will be a fun game. Again, I, I, these are two of the teams that I've been really impressed with is just how they want to play. And Orlando showed in the last game against Portland that they're all right with not having some of the ball, that they say, okay, Portland, you can have the ball. Okay. North Carolina, you can have the ball and we're going to defend. And I think that they're going to be in a defensive posture a lot of the times. And how can they use Adriana Messiah bright in those crucial moments when they do break out to make sure they have a good outlet that can get them on the counterattack. So I think the pride will keep themselves in this game just from their structure and their ability to counterattack. But I don't think it's going to be enough for North Carolina because um, they have been honestly like a joy to watch. I really have enjoyed just seeing how intricate their movements are, their rotations and now they have Caroline who's scoring like we thought yeah. she could score at the beginning of the year. Now she's really showing it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she's going to, I don't know if she's going to get another hat trick against the no, She's going to be a factor for, for sure in this game. And you know what? I just think, I just, I just feel like uh, Casey Murphy is going to have another bit of a statement yeah. here. She's, she's been having an excellent club season for the courage. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, with this game, the Pride are no strangers to whipping in that ball, um, trying to, to to put up some shots and put up some some numbers there in, in front of in front of net. And uh, I think Murphy responds well to that. So I'm excited to see another breakout performance from her. I'm feeling everything you're you're feeling. I'm also going courage in this one as well. So um, we're making some other picks here. So I'm always it always gets a little it always gets a little nervy, but I don't know. But you know what? I also feel like in the, when you get to the second half of the season, that happens sometimes. You you take a look yeah. at what's in front of you. You know what you've seen from the teams, and, and maybe you make these picks a little bit more differently or confidently or or, or whatever. But um, uh-huh. when we're looking um, across the board of these games, I do want us to make one more pick before we we take a break. Let's talk a little bit about Houston Dash and Oil Rain. This one's going to kick off Saturday at 8:30 p.m. Eastern. Dash coming off of a tough, tough Challenge Cup loss. And uh, O.L. Rain just doing what they're doing. Just like hanging out at the upper half of the table. uh, (laughs) Week to week, just showing off the depth of their roster. uh, You know, showing that it's it's no worries for them. They know that it's a long season. They're going to compete throughout throughout the duration of it. And um, I think if you're Houston, you want to try to... You are the one to try to bounce back from a loss like mm-hmm. that in week. Yes, it's a Challenge Cup, and it, it affects something entirely different, but you're back at home. And we've talked about Houston at home, Jordan. We want to see them make Houston a tough place to play. We want to see them really lean into that. Yeah. Do you think that happens for them this week against the rain? It's going to be hard. I I – I don't know about that. Houston has been better at home, though. They had a win, and then they just had a draw against Gotham. So their back-to-back performances at home have been a little bit more up to the standard that um, Sam Lady has put in for them and started that season off saying, hey, we have to be better at home. But this is a really tough stretch of games for Houston. They played Sunday 
Wednesday, Saturday. A lot of teams played Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, or um, Louisville played Friday, then Wednesday, and then Sunday. Yeah. So this is a – I talked to Sam Lady about this, and he said this is the toughest week of our season when it comes to the only two days in between each game. And at the end of it, it's OL rain. Yeah. And – Sam Lady knows a lot about O.L. Rain. He yep. was the assistant coach there for a number of years. And I really do think that what we see from Houston a lot and how they build up looks very similar to what O.L. Rain do with letting Didasco go higher, building out of a three-back. That's what Laura Harvey does with Sofia Huerta. So I think it might not cause as many problems for O.L. Rain because O.L. Rain knows exactly how to counteract those types of rotations. So it'll be interesting to see how... I think this Houston squad, which will have a lot of rested players, they didn't bring Alicia Chapman. Um, they didn't bring uh, Joelle Anderson, Caprice Didasco, Jane Campbell, Sophie Hurst. None of those players traveled on Wednesday. And he said, stay home in your bed, rest, be ready for this game. And those are the players that have really been key for them, especially Joelle Anderson. And, and she, if they don't have her as that attacking midfield they switch up their formation. And he, this is something that if she is healthy, I think she's going to be able to run in between those, those two, sometimes just one, but you typically two holding midfielders for um, OL rain. And I've been pretty hard on the holding midfielders in OL rain, because I think that um, there's moments when they're not good enough with possession. There's moments that they're not hard enough in challenges so can Anderson use a little bit of her ability to stretch the field and her mobility to ask a lot out of those two players? If Houston's going to find a good performance, it's it's going to be in those situations where they go through the midfield, switch it, point of attack, and then um, either get Sanchez on the ball with a, some good willing runners in the box. But I, I think it's going to be a very similar game back and forth, but it's going to be hard with O.L. Reign, um depending on who's healthy, again, they still have the depth to throw in a second. I might go a draw here, actually. I'm going to do a draw. Music to my ears, because you know what? So am I. <gasps> so that am I. That was a last-minute switch up, Sandra, and we're on okay, the Okay, I, I, I'm here to support you, Jordan. I'm here to help you and walk you through it, and whatever <laughs> you need from me, if it's just to listen and help you reach to that point. Yeah. then I'm here for it. Okay, I have my pig ready. If This was going to be my draw for all of the reasons that you mentioned, because of the back and forth, because of the familiarity and systems that we're going to see going head to head. It might come down to the depth. It might come down to the bench in this game. But I also feel like there's opportunities there for both squads as well. I love that you mentioned Hurst, the rookie. This could be a game where she has another impact, you know, yeah. whether it's on a dead ball situation or not. Elise Bennett, will she will she not get the start in this game against uh, against Houston Dash? I don't know. We'll see. That's that's you know. There's some certain familiarities here, like I mentioned, that uh, I think make it tough to kind of go one way or the other. And listen, even if Houston Dash themselves have not been able to capitalize on making Houston a tough place to play, 
we know that it is no matter yeah. and it's going to be a hot one it's summer it's summer in texas it's going to be tough uh for any team on the road whether they have a deep bench or not and i think it'll also be tough be tougher for all rain as well so who knows maybe maybe it's right. uh, i don't know if it's going to be zero zero i don't know if it's going to be one one i don't know if it's going to be two two i just know it's somewhere that this has the makings of a draw in it so i love that we pretty much went three for three in this middle segment of picks here <laughs> <laughs> we're living dangerous y'all but stick with us we've got two more picks to make we'll be back after a quick break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, let's wrap it up with two more picks, the last matches that we're going to go through for Week 12 action. Let's chat a little bit about Chicago Red Stars versus Portland Thorns FC. This one closing things out on Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern. One of those games where you just got to look at it, know what's in front of you. There's a whole half of a season for us to take a look at these teams and how they've navigated things and how they have performed. And when it looks like a duck, sounds like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. I think we're both going to make another similar pick here. Yeah. Red Stars, unfortunately, uh, had a couple wins there to kind of close out their, their May and, and jump into June. But unfortunately, they're coming off of uh, that really tough five spot against North Carolina Courage where they gave up a hat-trick to Caroline. And now they're coming off uh, a four-goal loss in Challenge Cup against Kansas City Current. And uh, it kind of echoed some, some mirror imaging here for me. I think we saw when Chicago went on the road to Angel City and handed them that loss – you know, there was a, a, a certain level of um, disappointment, I think, if you're Angel City. I think that comes into play in this phase of the season when you are those bottom half table teams and you find those teams going head to head against each other. Maybe they look at those games as windows of opportunity, right? They're going to say, hey, this is a team that we can wake up and go up against and say, let's go and steal some points. And Angel City didn't do that. And while there was a lot of great energy around Sydney the Rules return, and you know her getting a goal there was still some body language where it was like this sucks like we dropped another game against another team that is struggling this season as well and you've got Chicago coming off of this midweek challenge cup game where kind of felt similar energy a little bit you're going up against a a team that is right there neck and neck in terms of uh, swapping out last place in the standings and you drop four goals uh, you know you drop uh, or you concede four goals against them on the road doesn't feel great 
right after yeah. you had just so we're talking nine games in this or nine goals in the span of two games for Chicago Red Stars. This one's going to be at home for them. Um, that's a tough place, I think, for for some oppositions to, to play in at times. Uh, I think the earlier kickoff might come in and, and play a role sometimes if it's sunny. Um, yeah. The, the sun peeks in to uh, to some goals, the south goal there. And um, that can always make for some very nervy moments. But I think if you're if you're Portland, this is a game you're looking at and you're saying, yeah, it's on the road. Yeah, we've got travel uh, on our legs going in here, but let's get in here and get the job done. Yeah. And uh, I think, unfortunately, it will come down to depth. It will come down to bench. It will come down to players who are available. And uh, the Thorns have typically had the better of that throughout the duration of their first half of the season. And I'm going to go with Thorns in this one. I'm curious if you feel differently. I think first Thorns did not look good. Well, they couldn't get a result against Orlando. So they showed just last weekend that they're susceptible on the road Mm -hmm. um, playing in a place that is just a little uncomfortable, you know, a little bit hotter in Orlando, a little bit longer of a travel. But I think for Chicago being a day game, it, it's going to be not what they're used to in Portland because you um, have told us it is summer in Chicago and uh, can get hot and humid there. So I think that will be a factor. I I think this Chicago team did, they had a midweek game. Portland did not have a midweek game in that midweek game for the Red Stars. They rotated I think eight players that they had a big turnover from what they normally do with the eyes on this game. From, from my opinion, you're looking ahead and saying, all right, we've got the thorns at home. We need to put up a fight here. And so one of the players that I hope doesn't get rotated and I hope can have a few more minutes is Kayla Sharples. This is a player coming off of an ACL was just such a good one, two tandem with Tierna Davidson in the back line for Chicago for a number of years. And I I wouldn't be surprised if we see her Sharples, Davidson and Kruger as a back three. And then you can put Bianca St. George in a little bit more of a normal spot, Aaron Wright in a normal spot. And maybe this looks a little bit more like what we saw from Chicago from last year with that solid back three in a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3. So um, I think that that is going to really help them, getting Sharples back. And it was just great to see her be one of the best players on the pitch. So I don't think you take much, Sandra, out of that midweek game. I don't know why they didn't rest Alyssa Nair, because at some point you need to stop putting her in. And this might be a Nair thing. She might be saying, I want to play. I'm I'm a leader on the team. I want to play. I want as as many games as I can. But I, I think that was a really rough way for a goalkeeper to have to, after five goals over the weekend, yeah. and then the, the um, four against Kansas City. So I think I think Chicago will have so much more fight than we have seen in these last couple of games. And this is going to be where they have to, defensively, they have to stay compact. If they get expansive and let Portland, if they press too much, yeah. Portland's going to play through the seams. Can they stay compact and say, all right, Portland, play through a low, low block. See yep. what you can do in this. And if Portland is able to successfully do that, then the game might potentially open up because Chicago is going to have to get a goal. But I think that they're going to be a lot more compact. 
They're going to rely on their defensive structure. And if they have the chance to break out, they're going to have to use Cook in those moments. And she's going to have to get that dog in her like she got it in, in Angel City and, and find a moment. And a set pieces are going to be important for them. If they can get one, they've proven that they can really hold on to that. So yeah. I think Chicago is going to fight. But yeah, I think Portland's going to win when you think about oh, their yeah. 100%. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I Look, I uh, just because I'm picking Portland doesn't mean I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. Yeah. Uh, I, I go here. <laughs> so for people who don't know, I, I, I go here. Uh, I know that Chicago can pay, can, can play uh, Portland pretty tough at home. I've been to those games. Uh, yeah. I've seen them when they have played Portland tough at home. I've seen three, two score lines. I've seen, um, you know, three, one score lines. I didn't tell the whole story. I've seen them beat Portland in a semifinal, their first ever semifinal. They play Portland tough at yeah. Sneaky Stadium in Bridgeview. That's that's absolutely 100% something that I will always get on board with. Um, I just, you know, just because you're going to play a team tough, though, I mentioned some of those score lines, just because you're going to play a team tough doesn't mean that it always works out for you in, yeah. in the end. But I do love that you mentioned uh, some of the, the, the schemes for Portland and, and something that we talked about for them in previous matches at this point in the season at the halfway point. This is not a team. This is also not a team that's a, that that are uh, strangers to conceding some goals. There have been right. they have been on the end of, of some score lines where all of a sudden we have seen them, um, you know, let in three goals on a score line against other teams. Now, I don't know if, if Chicago has the attackers right now at this moment to to put up such a hefty uh, score line and 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 end up in let's say even just a draw that is, you know, full full of goals, but. Um, I think it will be competitive. I'm with you and, and hopefully to see some more minutes for, for Kayla Sharples. Yeah. Um, she's a player that this friend that this franchise drafted and she's, she's grown and developed with them over time. Um, and you could, you could see, I think it just her, her minutes back so far, what, uh, what she can provide for, mm -hmm. for the team in a defensive shape. It, it allows Kruger a bit more freedom, I think in those areas. So it'll be interesting to see kind of those individual battles on the pitch, you know, how to, how do the, how does this defensive shape try to contain uh, a Sophia Smith and, and a Weaver, if they're both getting starts, uh, you, you know, t together, uh, how does Portland's midfield uh, yeah. decide that they want to address things on the pitch? Because I think when it comes to that middle third, they've got the advantage by far. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind yeah. of these, different in-game scenarios when, when that whistle kicks. But uh, it'll be a tough game, but we're both going Portland, and uh, we'll see if we're correct. We've got one more game to make a pick, and then we're going to close out with everyone. We have to chat about Kansas City Current versus Washington Spirit. Spirit getting their results, getting their wins, staying in the upper half of the table, staying competitive, Challenge Cup. Kansas City Current. Trying to put things together at the right time. We're talking a lot about the, the the midway point here and the current and the return of players that we're starting to see for them get more extended minutes. They have this cha massive Challenge Cup game against Chicago Red Stars. Is this something that they carry with them to try to deliver a loss to Washington Spirit? Do you have a winner and a loser in this one, Jordan? Yeah, I do. I have a winner. I think Kansas City wins this game at home. I just feel like they have started to find themselves again. And they played in a 4-3-3 in that Challenge Cup game, but they've been playing mostly in a 3-3 three, three back. Um, but it was Haley Mace higher as a winger, which we haven't seen in so long. Um, I, I think that Kansas City is going to go back to more of a 
343-3421, and they're going to have the experience of, I think, Atra will play again. Di Bernardo will start in there. Um, good for her to get a goal in this last game. But then we're going to see, more, again, more minutes from Kristen Hamilton up top, and I think that that has been really the pivot point. Yes, all these players are coming back, but there was no relief of the pressure for Kansas City, and it just was a lot for Michelle Cooper, the youngster, to put on her shoulders to be that outlet and to hold up the ball. And the moment Kristen Hamilton got back in games, it, it was like this team knew how – they could find her, she could hold the ball up, and she could allow them to then come join the attack. So I think that Kansas City Current is going to um, look, continue to look more like themselves. Uh, they have more people getting healthy. Ball is back and healthy as well. And I think versus Washington Spirit, this is such a condensed central team where they play a 4-4-2, but it's a tight diamond centrally. They ask a lot of those shuttlers to get wide and to utilize the space. But if you think about Kansas City, they're so good at driving centrally and then committing players into the middle and finding the channels where they have their wing backs or they have um, a winger who is drifted wide and can go 1v1. I think that this is going to be an extension of that form that we saw from the current. And it's going to be a good game, but I think that the current are going to take this one over Washington. I love that. I love that you're riding with Kissy. Listen, I, I, I want to highlight a player really quickly. Cece Kaiser, I think, has been one of their yeah. more consistent players uh, throughout the duration of, of this regular season. It was a gr- great match that we got to see her play in Challenge Cup against Chicago Red Stars. But as high as I am on Cece Kaiser, I'm even higher when I get to see her play alongside Kristen Hamilton. I think they have a f- incredible chemistry and dynamic between each other. And I'm hopeful that it is something that is going to combat and compete with what we see between Rodman and Sanchez or Sanchez mm-hmm. and Hatch, right? So I think this has the making sense of some exciting attacking moments in this game. I also really like that it's still at Kansas City. That we've, we've seen some great crowds turn up at Children's Mercy's Park. And uh, I'm hopeful that they're going to ride the momentum in this game. And I think I'm also going to go Kansas City current in this game as well. Let's just make all the similar picks. Let's just have a theme. Let's just, you know, it's your last one with us for now, Jordan. I'm just going to ride with you. Pick for pick for pick. So I'm going to go current as well. And we're going to go ahead and wrap it up from there thanks everybody for joining and listening to attacking third download follow listen to us anywhere you get your podcast go ahead and leave us a rating and review that stuff helps us out so much you can watch us on youtube subscribe to youtube.com slash attacking third so that you never miss out on a single episode and get alerts for whenever we go live and we are going to be back on monday morning Okay, so check back with us on Monday for a full recap and rundown of our picks. Stay tuned. Jordan, this was awesome. Thank you again so much for being here with us. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Okay. I hope I made this goals in that attacking third. I hope I made this a second home for you and then we get to see you again some more in the future. Okay, thank you so much for being here uh, in in place while Lisa's off and and living the honeymoon bliss. That's a wrap for us, though. Thanks, everybody, for joining along. For Sandra Herrera and Jordan Angeli, this was Attacking Third.
Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 